Well, hey, uh, uh, um, I normally say a warm welcome during the announcements, but I'll just say that um, as I start the sermon to acknowledge the fact that we're uh, doing something different tonight <laughs> here on the roof. And, you know, when, I, when we were setting up, I said, the view that way is really ugly because the AC units, I think we should look at the Cutwiler, but I wasn't thinking about the fact that the sun would be in your eyes. Um, I apologize about that. And kudos to about the dozen of you who remember to bring sunglasses. <laughs> Um, but let me just uh, get started with my sermon. I've been thinking about the, the topic of sanctification a lot lately. Um, and uh, if that's a big word and you don't know what it means, it basically means the process of becoming holy, becoming more and more holy, uh, sanctified, um, you know, something that sanct, this idea of being holy, ification is like the process of becoming. Uh, or another way to think about it is in terms of fruit, um, or fruits of the faith, and John's gospel reading that we have tonight uh, deals with that idea of, of fruit in terms of describing sanctification. And the, the context that I've been thinking about sanctification in, or this fruit bearing, has to do with uh, ministry, really, uh, just keeps coming up. Um, when talking to people about uh, things that happen in the church environment, it, it seems that what people often want are sort of like anticipated results or a, a willing into action, a, a particular result that they want to see happen versus what you might call fruit, which is something that you might not necessarily anticipate, but it comes nonetheless. Uh, and so there's a sort of difference between forcing the thing to happen and sort of standing out of, out of the way of God doing his work. Uh, and letting it happen naturally. And this requires patience, really. It requires not only patience, but, but confidence, and I'll say it requires weakness, uh, because the willing into action is depending on strength versus uh, de depending on God's uh, uh, action is, uh, is the act of weakness, of standing out of the way and not depending on our own strength. And as I was thinking about this and preparing for my sermon, uh, this Sunday, in our staff meeting each week, uh, someone brings in uh, what we now call a word made flesh, but I guess it used to be called a BLT, a blessed little thought, um, not this sandwich with bacon, lettuce, and tomato. Uh, but Brian Helm, our administrator, brought in a BLT this week, and it was so good. Um, it was a very succinct and profound and poignant description of sanctification, of the fruits of the faith, the thing that I'm trying to talk to you about tonight. And so I asked Brian for it. Uh, and I'm going to read to you a portion of it. He, he begins by talking about sanctification and giving that definition that I've kind of given you already. Uh, and so I'm cutting that bit out and just giving you the last sort of two-thirds of his uh, BLT. This is what Brian says. Early in my faith, I understood this that it is God who keeps us blameless and who guides the process of becoming more holy. I wouldn't try to take credit for this understanding. Most likely it was simply due to my naivete and simplicity at that point. But I was happy and confident that God would guide me in growth and maturity of my faith and that he would do so at his own pace and timing. I was both confident and patient. But somewhere along the line, I began to lose sight of this understanding. I grew an appreciation that the work of Christ is the only thing that justifies us, that allows us to stand before God. But 
on a practical day-to-day -day level, I began to worry that I wasn't doing the right things, wasn't thinking the right things, and wasn't feeling the right things, that I wasn't showing any improvement. There are always so many things that don't seem good enough. Did I get enough work done today? Did I say the right thing? Do I care enough about the earthquake victims in Kathmandu? Should I send a check? And I don't seem to be getting any better, let alone holier, sanctified. Dwelling on these thoughts can quickly lead to impatience, confusion, and despair. Thankfully, I've recently returned to my earlier understanding that sanctification is God's work, and he proceeds with each of us at his own pace and timing. As Paul explains in Philippians, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Each of us has been called by God according to his purpose, and he has promised to bring to completion what he has started. What Jesus accomplished on the cross will be worked out in each of us. Frankly, there's not much more I want to say. When he read that, I was sort of stopped in my tracks. And maybe you can relate, you know, with the part where he says, um, um, you know, there are always so many things that don't seem good enough. Um, did I get enough work done today, etc.? You know, what about the victims of the earthquake in Kathmandu? Maybe you can kind of relate to that feeling. Um, and like I said, I, this is really all that I do want to say about sanctification and, and fruits of the faith. But uh, as Brian says, God does the work. We need only to be confident and patient. And depending on our own strength leads basically to impatience, confusion, and despair, just as he said. A friend recently told me a story about a friend. So this is a friend of a friend, no one you know, and no one is probably going to listen to this recording, thank God. Uh, <laughs> who, uh, you know, when they were growing up as, as young people in high school, uh, this particular young lady was um, just sort of the image of perfect sort of Christian. Um, you know, never swore, obeyed all the rules. And not just like the laws of God, but all the rules, you know. Um, uh, the person that was telling me about her said it was so frustrating to drive in her car because she always did the speed limit. Um, you know, always came to complete stops at stop signs. Um, as if that were God's law, and sort of thinking that that she could, by her own strength, become a, a perfect person. Uh, and as an aside, you know, I, I'll just say I'm the worst offender at those things that I've mentioned, you know, like jaywalking. I'm so impatient downtown. It, it's so uh, difficult to make that decision when wearing a collar, whether or not you know, there are no cars coming. <laughs> I'm going to run this dang red light, you know? But what is, you know, that's the thing in me that she had as a teenager to think, you know, just as she thought as being a Christian, um, being a totally perfect person on her own accord, that's the same sort of feeling I have by this representation when I'm driving my car, you know, and I, I forget sometimes I'm wearing my collar and then I'm reminded. And, uh, you know, but that's actually, you know, th those are just the rules of the road, you know? Um, but she was, was sort of behaving perfectly or, or, or always trying to behave perfectly uh, in ways that were um, frustrating to the folks around her uh, because she was perfect. She was the image of perfection and that made them feel guilty. But come to find out later in adulthood, she lost all of that because it all crumbled underneath of her. Um, she was depending on her own strength and it was getting her absolutely nowhere. 
and this person has totally lost her faith. She's no longer a Christian. And someone who used to be, you know, of the best appearances has dramatically, dramatically changed her appearances. She's like a completely different person. Uh, and can you blame her? You know, the self-improvement projects uh, failed. Um, and so you're almost not surprised by this rebellion in adulthood uh, because uh, she was trying to do it all on her own and come to find out that it wasn't working. But as Brian said in his uh, BLT, you know, God promises uh, to complete what he started. What he started with Jesus Christ on the cross. What, as Brian says, what Jesus accomplished on the cross is worked out in each of us. This is really difficult to accept, though, in this um, sort of culture of self-help and self-improvement. It's difficult to accept an idea of being patient about becoming holy and having confidence in God doing the work. But listen to John's gospel passage that we had today regarding uh, fruits of the faith. Jesus says, Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. And apart from me, you can do nothing. Let me just read that again, because the passage kind of repeats this sentiment over and over again. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And this idea of you can do nothing, I mean, that's not a, a literal, you can do nothing. I mean, of course, people are going around doing things. But the idea here is that this is a description, that things outside of God are not acceptable to him. Uh, it's only when we're abiding in him uh, that we're actually uh, bearing the fruits of faith. Uh, and so think of it this way, that what Jesus is giving us here is a description of the faith and the process of becoming holy and not a prescription. Someone who has faith in the good news of Jesus Christ simply bears good fruit. It happens. Uh, it's, and it's kind of a straw man argument that often when I talk about things this way, that people have a sort of anxiety or a rebuttal that you're giving people license, you're being licentious, you're, you're giving people permission to sin, or the, the, um, the uh, theological word that people will say is that you're antinomian, you're against the law. But that's not true. I think that that's entirely a straw man, a fake man argument. That person doesn't exist. If someone's convicted by the good news of Jesus Christ, they will become sanctified by the power of God. And actually, one evidence that you'll see in your own life of this faith, the fruit is often played out in regret, in guilt, and ultimately in repentance. Acknowledging the things that we're doing that we don't like. That's fruits of the faith right there. And finally, I want to say to you that Jesus uses this word over and over again in, the, in this passage, abide. Abide is basically like the word abode, you know, my humble abode. It, it, it's an idea of living in or dwelling, a dwelling place, a, a resting place. It's almost like the uh, most passive active verb that you can have. <laughs> uh, to just rest in Jesus Christ. To abide in him, he says several times in this passage, over and over again, and therefore it must be important. So these, uh, these ideas should be uh, words of comfort to you. Christianity is not uh, just another self-help or self-improvement project. 
sanctification is basically a, a matter of course for those with faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And let me end by saying, um, you know, therefore, get on with life. Abide in Jesus Christ. Have confidence. Be patient. What God has accomplished on the cross is being worked out in even you. Thanks be to God for this. Amen.